Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, thanks for that. Please welcome Richard Herring. Well, that's harsh. Jerry's getting heckled. That's, that's pretty amazing. In the two seconds he has, Jerry got, got heckled there. In a, in a light way. Uh, <laughs> any audio files in the audience, do, do go and talk to Jerry about your problems with the... Because I'd love to see him uh, respond to you and punch you in the face. So welcome to uh, Rich Herring's uh, Edinburgh Fringe podcast, or as all the cool kids calling it, Rehef. Rehef, you fucker. Uh, thank you. We've got, so we've got a dangerous element in at the back there. I could spoil it. There's a lady here who's got a, a hurt wrist. What have you been up to? <clears throat> sure you did. So uh, she, f- she fell on her hand. It's left hand. So it's, it's like someone else is doing it. Uh, and it is. But, you know, like some, it's, like a th- it's like a menage a trois with the, uh, the left hand. Are you a sinister lady? You're left handed? No, you're right handed. So it's not that, not that much of a problem, is it? No, it's good. Uh, I was talking of injuries. I did see uh, Ray Peacock the uh, the other day, who is the the rival podcast, who has had uh, kidney stones. For he was, and I did I did send it. He was very painful there, uh, and I did send a shout out to him. He seemed to think I was being sarcastic. But I was saying there, there isn't anything funny about it. There just really is. Uh, so and I've been. Uh, <laughs> it's just not funny. It's not funny, Ray Peacock. Having kidney stones and being in pain, having to go to hospital. That's not funny. You'd have to be sick to find that. So do get well soon, Ray Peacock, with your kidney, your medieval illness. Uh, and um, <laughs> apparently they're all going to break up in his bladder. That's so, so it's all going to be fine. He told me all about it. I'm sure it was fine for me to talk about that on the podcast. I don't think he minded me going into it. Uh, and I've had a fly stalking me. I don't know if it's... The last three days there's been a fly in here, and the last three days there's been a fly in my flat that's just been dive-bombing me. I'm presuming it's the same fly. I'm being stalked by a fly. I am doing some fly-based material in my other show, so I think it might be the, the fly antique fly joke society if, you know people get furious these days you can't make a joke about anything so the flies so if you look out I tried to swat it yesterday if you listen to yesterday's podcast I, it was on the wall there and I took my Slytherin notebook you'd think that would work <laughs> and I uh, and I missed it was too wily for me so if you see the fly shout out there is a fly it's like a pantomime uh, <laughs> have fun so look I think we should crack on because we started a bit late because of Tony Law he's a cunt that guy uh, so um <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Do you like Tony? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm jealous of him. Yeah, I am a bit jealous of him. He's so big and rugged, isn't he? That's the thing. Do you like that? Is that what you're liking? Yeah. Should I, do you want me to fix you up with him? His, his wife probably won't like it. And she's always around. But if she does like it... Um, it's a second threesome joke of the show so far. It's incredible. I'm in an obviously it's slightly frisky mood, madam. Watch yourself. <laughs> you're dressed up, aren't you? Look very, very lovely. You're, you're very lo- looking lovely. You see, is this your daughter, sir? Your yeah. She's a, lo- she's a lovely, lovely looking lady. Nice little, slightly low cut top there. It's going to slightly. Just slight, um, luckily my eyeline goes this way, so it's, it'll be it'll be okay. So look, we're going to crack straight. We got we got some fantastic because you're all covered up like you're Muslims or something over here. Um, no, that's fine. That's that's a that's a fa- that's a fair simile. 
<laughs> there's nothing, nothing racist about it. If you talk to Richard Dawkins, it's not possible to be racist against Muslims because they're not a race. Fuck off, you big racist. Uh, <laughs> So we've got loads of stuff to win, actually, today. I'll quickly go through this in case I forget. Some, a couple of things from Apothecandy, uh, which is, I think, slightly rude-based uh, sweets, it says, or something on there. So it's, it's I don't know, what, it's, there's some sweets anyway. That's good. From Apothecandy, go to Apothecandy, I don't know, go to facebook.com slash Apothecandy. They've got such bad names, all the people who try and uh, publicise their stuff on here, which is why they aren't doing very well. Uh, and uh, a book by D.D. Cuddy, 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 Cuddy. Has a Scottish man here? How do you say that? Cuddy. Cuddy. <laughs> what's, what's that IH doing in the middle of it? Cuddy. <laughs> you don't have to put the accent in the words. Just, just do your accent with the normal words. You don't have to put your accent in the, in the spelling. Bloody Scottish people. I, I love them. I do love them. Tickets to uh, Dana Alexandra, who's fantastic. Or Dana, rather. Uh, so we've not got the Irish uh, uh, politician and singer in. I'm just doing jokes to myself now. It's going to be fine. I'm a, lot more, I'm a lot lighter today. So will you please welcome my first guest. Uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic comedian. He is best known as Richard Wincott in Doctors, the daytime soap. That is what probably mo- has brought most people here to see him. Will you please welcome Terry Alderton, ladies and gentlemen. It could be. <laughs> it could I'm be. The member of doctors. Make sure you speak right into the mic for, yes. the, for the audio files. Maybe not that much. That was good though. That would have shocked the audio files and, and woken them up. Bob Bubker. Uh, anyway, how, how was doc? How was it on doctors? We'll get uh, it out of the way because I was ma- talk amazing about doctors in doctors the first. doctors. Yeah, uh, this is quite the most incredible job I ever did. <laughs> Do you remember anything about it? Yeah, I d- it was called The uh, Last Laugh. Were you playing a comedian in it? Oh, yeah. I forgot. I thought you were joking. No, you were. No, I did. did. <laughs> oh, it was joke. No, I did do Doctors, didn't I? You I did. Did. <laughs> I did. Oh, God. Yeah, I thought I kept that quiet. Well yeah. done. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I did. Do, uh, yeah, I did. Do, I did. I, I, I had a gambling problem. Oh, my my mum died in it or something. So you had a gambling problem. That's why you did Doctors? Or is that no. in there? Is that in there? <laughs> What, you're paying right, me these 50 are coming pounds? off. <laughs> I, 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 sorry. Shall we? Um, all right. I'm taking my glasses off. Um, That's, it's got serious. I don't need them. I look like, I look like that bloke, that greengrocer from MasterChef in those. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's no, I, I had a gambling problem yeah. in, in Doctor. Doctors. I completely forgot about that. I just Could remember... The, does the doctors cure you of that? It's not really, this, not really the, the Look, you've just got me on to rip the shit out of me, haven't you? That's <laughs> yeah, what you've done. Uh, no, I, I, I remember being... We filmed it in Birmingham, and I remember just being in this really grotty hotel and thinking, I'll never come back here. And then I, I played the Glee Club in Birmingham about three months later, and their usual hotel was booked up, and I ended up in the same room. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, my so career shit. The same stains on the, strip, the sheets yeah, yeah. that you'd left there yeah. were still there. Yeah. I stayed in a horrible uh, horrible hotel in Birmingham. I bet it was the same one. It was yeah, awful. That'd be crazy. It was, right next to, was it next door to like a, a sex shop and a strip club? Uh, no, it wasn't that one. Well, pretty, pretty much everywhere in Birmingham. So, uh, <laughs> I didn't say that. There's nothing you can do about that. So um, it's great. I'm, I'm very excited about your, the, your, the journey you've taken as a comedian because uh. I saw you in 1999 mm. when you were Perrier nominated so I came to see the show yeah. and I, I wasn't it was, I think you're, you were you were good <laughs> technical stand up but you remember me being no, in the I audience do, I do <laughs> no but it is, it is interesting because uh, as, as Kevin Day once called me Mickey Mainstream um you know, at that time, I was being told by everyone that that's what you know it was, and you were going to be—I was going to be Mr. You know, the new Barrymore, Mr. Yeah. Saturday Night, and whatever. 
And uh, you know, when you're young, and I was not, I was 27 at the time, but I was a young 27, and um, you know, I just listened to everybody else. So I put this, you know, whole thing together. I built this whole career up, thinking that's what I was going to be. Ended up on the lottery with Lulu. <laughs> that was a disaster. <laughs> uh, that was that was a catalyst for the breakdown. But um, we uh, we like um, so. <laughs> So, yeah, so 99, that show, I remember seeing uh, Richard sitting right in my eyeline. I thought, <laughs> I can't believe he's sitting in my eyeline as well. How bitchy is this bastard? <laughs> uh, just, I mean, you can't see it on the podcast, but uh, his face was this. <laughs> For 58 minutes. <laughs> I've got it all in here. Too. But so, so on an all serious note, you know, I had this kind of real quick rise uh, of TV and stuff, yeah. and thinking that's what it was, you know. And really, d- deep down, I, I mean, I, I was a big fan of, of Michael Benteen and uh, Andy Kaufman and, yeah. and Steve Martin. And there, here I was doing all this stuff that I, did, I was not wanting to do and just going along with it. I mean, that's how sad I was. But um, I literally did have <laughs> two dressing gown episodes, that meaning that I was in my dressing gown for days after days after <laughs> days. And in 2001, when they hit the Twin Towers, I completely lost it. Oh. I mean, I completely lost the plot. And uh, I didn't do stand-up for four years. Right. So I made this comeback because my wife said, you know, you've got to start doing stand-up again. And I said, well, if I go back, she, you know, I said, everyone will be saying, well, look who's back. And she went, do you think everyone's talking about you? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the point I went, eh, that, that's, uh, that's true. So then I did what I wanted to do. I, I remember dying in Manchester on, on stage, li- yeah. not literally, obviously. Uh, otherwise, I am the second coming. <laughs> uh, and I, I remember th- th- these two girls were, were, were laughing at me, and they were young, and they, they were just saying, look at his shoes, look at his shoes. And <laughs> these were the shoes that I'd worn do- during the lottery show, and I, and I thought it's kind of metaphorically. I thought, yeah, look at my shoes. So, on the way home, I thought I have to reinvent the whole thing, yeah. otherwise I'm, I'm getting out. And that that was the start of the whole. What are we doing? I don't know. That was the start <laughs> of all of that, which yeah. be expecting that everybody knows what I'm on about, but no one even knows well, who I am. It's a, it's really the axe now deconstructs comedy, but in a way that yeah. I, it's sort of. I think a lot of the stuff. I, Heineken, yeah, okay, no, that was just, I thought that was a, a heckle, but you were just asking for a drink from the bar, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is it a real, is it a real kind of, is it, is it sponsored Tourette's you have? <laughs> Slightly off break, but it's, you know, it's, um, <laughs> the bar's closed, by the way, uh, but, uh, but you can go out and, the, you know, the cash and carry and get some Heineken if you if you're desperate for a drink at half past two uh, on a Friday. Uh, but it's it's sort of, you know, it's de- deconstructs comedy in a way that I, reminds me of Stuart Lee. You're like a Stuart Lee who likes comedy, it seems to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't think you've, you know, you haven't no, been influenced by Stuart, I don't so, think. So, uh, basically, yeah. I, um, uh, so he, uh, no, and, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you know, it's entertaining and it, and it will I still what, I think what to I wanted to do, audience. I mean, you know, look, the thing is, I, I do what I want to do up there, but I'm not, I'm not, I, you know, I don't want to sound obtuse, but, I, you know, the point is, I want to make people laugh as well. Yeah. But I want to do it my way. So, you know, you either watch it and enjoy it or you sit there going, I haven't got a clue, this is rubbish. And that's fine, you yeah. know, but I'm, I'm not there to make friends or, 
you know, I just want to do what I want to do and That's do it my it's, way. It's very brave, but I think it. But it does. Well, I was watching you on the the uh, Dave's one night stand thing. Yeah. And that's that's quite. You know, I've done that, and that audience is quite a, a, a broad audience. Yeah. Quite a, from a lot of different backgrounds, yeah. and it was they were all getting it, and they were. All, yeah, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. quite adventurous. Well, I hope comedy, so. But, I think. But yeah, but I, I, I still want, I still like being an entertainer. It's like at the moment I, I sing I sing the Wichita Lie Man at the end of my act. It has no reason being there, and that's why I do it because I want people going. Why is he singing this? But <laughs> but really, honestly, I do like old cabaret as well. And there yeah. is a bit of me that does want to finish on a song. So <laughs> it is a bit of a double-edged sword. But it is, it's it's a great song which I obviously murder, but not intentionally. I am really trying to sing it the best I can. But so but you know, so that's you know. It's about being you know. I think it's it's easy to get cynical about comedy and easy to get sick of comedy. And mm. but then it's about entertaining people. I, I did the horn section the other day, which yeah. is just such. Pure entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. It's still really clever and, f- and it's really yeah. funny, but it's just entertaining. Yeah, know? doesn't it? Doesn't have doesn't have to make you think. I think your stuff does make you think. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, I do. I do a thing where I play myself at snooker uh, in my basement as an audio podcast, and I'm two characters: me one versus me two, and they kind of have different personalities. Mm. So there's a is a similar thing you've got going on in that you have a you have sort of two devils basically yeah. commentating on your. Oh, there are other people nicking it as well now. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a few reviews, and I, all right, so it started, but um. I just think what uh, uh, to explain it. This is going to be in my world here, but you know, I think when with comedy, it's like if you play an instrument. You know, there are only so many notes and chords and what have you that you can play, and it's the same with us. And uh, there are only so many things with timing and, and setups and what have you. So I think you know what I wanted to do. I wanted to take what that those rules are, those yeah. tricks and whatever they have to be. That binary, if you like, that setted thing. It has to be that. But I want to do it my way. So I have the two voices talking they'll set something up and then I can come back and punchline it like nothing's happened but only I can do that unless you start taking it yourself and, and doing it with, with maybe putting a snooker table <laughs> in it but, um, but what I'm trying to say is you know like I mentioned in the likes of Andy Kaufman and people like that you know I love the way that he would he would get an audience for six minutes you know he, he, there's a great clip on YouTube but six minutes he will deliberately die and there's bits actually he's doing the gags that people are laughing at and he's going no I, I know you don't like this and he walks off just so he can achieve at the end by coming back on and crying and accidentally hitting his bongo going and then getting the laugh from that you have to see the clip I've done it no justice but, <laughs> but my point is the fact that you can hold an audience for that long yeah. and you can control it and just the way he says at the end thank you very much but there's this little knowing in his eye like R.E.M. says you know Andy Kaufman's going to mess with you and, it, and it's, it's a beautiful clip so if you get a chance to watch it that's that's kind kind of an inspiration and, and also doing I did Tom Stoppard's uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern oh did you and that was a massive massive thing for me to yeah. do that in 2004 I did that and that, that that gave me a lot of confidence that you can actually you can take non sequiturs and you can stop and then you can tie those non sequiturs actually up later on yeah. if you want to and, and, and it's about taking those little things and, and making what you can from it you know yeah. so well, it's a, it's a, I didn't even understand any of if it I, uh, I mean, if I came to see you now my face would probably be like this Another twelve years, you know. I mean, you might get a laugh oh at me. You never know. You might. It might he's really, he's re- honestly just watch that. Clip. It's on your, it's on your uh, web page, isn't it? So the front of your yeah, web yeah, page. Yeah, just watch, watch a little bit of it. On there, yeah. uh, but you know, it's all on YouTube as well. Absolutely, really fantastic stuff. I will ask you so, an emergency question. Go on. If you had to marry one of the Muppets, if you weren't, if your, if your, if your wife sadly. Um, left you or mm. passed? Which you prefer? Would you prefer to leave you or, or die? What, my wife leave yeah. me or die? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. She can go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's no, she's still, she, until she admits it, yeah. then you know we're never going to get get it right. But you know, 
I found her in a car <laughs> with another woman. <laughs> and I was in floods of tears with my cock in my hand. And uh, not really, that was a joke. But uh, no, So if you, if, if you weren't married, uh, she was dead, uh, w- 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 which of the Muppets would you choose to marry? Which character of the Muppets would you like to marry if you could marry any of the characters in the Muppets instead of your wife? As long as they don't CGI out the sticks, because I hate that Disney had done that. But um, that's just my. <laughs> oh, own you like the thing. sticks? Being no, I hate that they got rid of the sticks. Yeah. I couldn't believe that's the point of it. There's a thing with sticks. Why did you take this? Oh, okay, just me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think um, I'd probably. I, I don't know. Uh, it, well, it, well I'd, uh, probably Kermit. I'd be boring. Kermit. Yeah, he's a good laugh, isn't he? That's good. That's we can sing the rainbow song laugh. together, can't we? Well, that's nice. So you've taken it in the right spirit. A lot of people just go for Miss Piggy straight away because no, no, they just no, think Kermit, you're the brilliant. sexual. No, it's uh, not sexual. No. I'm married. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was a cliche. (laughs) 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 And you started as a footballer. Yeah, I did. I played football when I was young. Yeah, when I was younger, I played for Southend United, and I still, I still support them. Funny enough, which is did you ever play against the mighty uh, Minster Men, York City? Yeah, I know York. I know the Minster Men. I don't think we did because we we didn't. When you play, (laughs) no, but when you play in at that level, you generally you play in like in the county leagues, like cups and whatever. So you end up playing people like Thurrock and stuff like that. So York I never, I never played best. first team. I wasn't good enough. Even at that level, you've got to be good, believe it or not. Right. And I'd be <laughs> tiny now as well as a goalie. How tall are you? Five ten. That is small. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm much taller than that. <laughs> they can't tell. I'll Eight ask you another. Nine. I'll ask you another emergency question. If you had to choose between being a cow or a badger, which would you choose and why? <laughs> There's no difference in colour, is there? Um, there isn't. That's why it's sort of interesting. I get you. I know where you're you going. Can't well, ra- you can't answer with well, racism in this. You of course. You can't allow your racist either I've way. Go- I've gone for a generic cow, of course, being black and white. Yeah, uh, no, that's true. Good point. Uh, I'd be a badger, man. You know, you can give yeah. TB out and, you know, you, <laughs> you know, and, and, and if people want to fight you, you know, they've got to take your claws and your teeth out. I mean, that's how tough you are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I know about badger baiting. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I read about really weird things that I shouldn't. In fact, I'm doing the Shawshank Redemption, and to course, get the yeah. character, I googled uh, I googled illegal fighting dogs, and I found this thing called an Argentinian Dogo, and it's banned. But I don't know why you'd want that in your house. Jesus, check, check it out. It's brilliant. <laughs> Backwards. Oh God, you know. We'll be Dogo. googling all sorts of things. And you played uh, the f- a fake Harry Hill on the Harry Hill Show. I did. Yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Bremner. Mm. <laughs> I used to do a Dirty Harry, right? So I used to do this thing, Dirty Harry, and, right. and, then that, and Harry comes to me and hey, are you doing um, a Dirty Harry version of me? <laughs> and all it was was, uh, so I just say to the audience, and I'd like to now do uh, Dirty Harry, thank you very much. <laughs> and I go, mm. so there I was, sitting on the bog, sucking off an Alsatian dog. Mm? <laughs> You've got to have a cistern. Mm? <laughs> he didn't like it, I don't think. He's a lovely man, but he was kind of had that look in your eyes of, yeah, you better stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you are in the Shawshank Redemption. We had, uh, Ian, we've had Ian and uh, Ian Lavender and, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Omid on as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it, going, what you're having? it seems to be getting great reviews. <laughs> it's, it's good fun. I mean, people say to me, is it, what's it like? Well, I haven't seen it, have I? You know. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, I mean, it's it, so I, inside your character yeah, I mean, that you went, my cage. you're not on stage. Yeah, you actually I mean, are yeah. doing the other things. Your yeah, no, it, it's good, and Omid's brilliant, and I think yeah. the cast are really good. Uh, I don't, I honestly just walk around like this, this dogo. I mean, I just, just walk. I mean, I, I can't show you on the podcast. I'm sort of, you know, that's it <laughs> for an hour and a half. You know, and I play the rapist in it, as you know, right. which was some audition. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Third in, <laughs> um, uh, but I used to like it. Was funny because um, we—I uh, I used to like doing Morgan Freeman, so I actually stuck it in my act now. So 
got Morgan back. Get busy living, get busy dying. I'm so excited I can barely sit still or keep a whole thought in my head. I hope I meet my friend. I hope to shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it is in my dreams. I hope. <laughs> uh, it makes you want to cry, doesn't it? Uh, uh-huh. It's a lovely film, that. It is a, it's a nice it's film. Amazing. I watched play. it again. It is a, that is an amazing film. Yeah. Uh, you forget, I mean, if you haven't seen it in a while, you should revisit it again. It is such an amazing film. Is the it, film better than your play version, would you say? <laughs> fucking course it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's much better. <laughs> it's not much about. <laughs> And uh, do, how did you enjoy appearing on Night Fever? In oh, <laughs> my God. Well, you just got to kill me. Oh. I've just been to the IMDb. Not my, yeah, well, Night Fever. <laughs> I'll tell you what was really good about doing Night Fever. It was hosted by Suggs. And, you know, Suggs was a bit of a hero for me. So getting to know him, he's, he's, he's a good lad. Yeah. He's good fun, actually. Because you, you think, you know, when you meet people that you really like, you're kind of going, oh, they might not be. And... Um, He's lovely, actually. Yeah. So that was good fun. Yeah, it was a karaoke show on Channel 5. That's about as far as I got, really, with my singing. <laughs> cool. Well, we're going to have to uh, get uh, get on with things, unfortunately. It's been lovely right. to talk to you. Uh, oh, but, thanks. Um, thanks for ripping uh, the shit out of me for half hour. No, it's, it's my pleasure. <laughs> it's, just, it's just what I do. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Can we one talk, what time's your show on? Uh, it's sold out. Ah, uh, it's not. Uh, <laughs> Might be able to get returned. It's uh, it's uh, eight o'clock. It's in the cabaret bar at the Pleasance. Uh, so we are. We're literally on. I can't the, even see uh, through this. We're literally on at the same time, aren't we? Because yeah. I always, I, we always bump into each other. I think you you managed to do it like that, so you, so you don't drag yourself in to just sit there again, going <laughs> snooker. I, I'd really like to see it. Uh, please give a massive round of applause. Thank Ted, you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Get off. Yeah. Really fantastic, really fantastic comedian. Uh, we're going to have a quick five-minute stand-up set, and this is from a really fantastic, one of the best comedians uh, in the country, so I'm delighted uh, she's come on to give you five minutes. Will you please welcome the incredible Zoe Lyons? Hello. Hi. Oh, this is nice. Edinburgh. It's fun, isn't it? It's fun. It's good. I mean, you can't be bored during the festival. It's impossible. If I'm not performing or watching a show, I... If I have some free time, I simply purchase myself a little Poundland umbrella and take myself up to the Royal Mile and march with it aloft, proudly, and see how many tourists I can get to peel off their tour groups and follow me back to my flat. It's hours of fun. It genuinely is. I have 125 very confused Spaniards in my living room right now. It's all part of the festival fun. I love it. I, lo- I come to the festival for the company, to be honest with you, because as a stand-up comedian, I spend a lot of time alone, and it gets a bit dull. I worked out recently that in a six-week period, I'd slept in 30 different beds, ladies and gentlemen. Third- Not as exciting as that sounds, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Unless, of course, your idea of living the dream is having an enviable collection of miniature bottles of bid- m- budget shampoo, then I am living your dream. Come and see me after the show. I have your shampoo. It's, uh, I've stayed in, I don't know whether you've stayed in the places now where they're so budget they don't even have the miniature bottles of shampoo. Have you experienced that? Where they just nail it to the wall? <laughs> nail! Hair and body wash to the wall. Nails! Just to increase that feeling that you're in a young offender centre. Have you had that? <laughs> Hair and body wash. You think, hang on, that's two separate jobs. That's, when did that become one job? That's too vague. That's like me washing my knickers in the dishwasher. They'll get clean, but it's not right, is it? I mean, to be honest with you, you're never truly alone in these rooms. I often walk in and think, well, I can just gather together all the bits of DNA from previous occupants. I can make my own companion. That's what I can do. 
You do feel a bit like oil on water, though, if you're a comedian, sort of living outside of the real world. I, I Sometimes I feel like the rest of the world's just been put on for my entertainment. I do. Things just pop into my view of vision. I just think, when did that become normal or acceptable? For example, the other day I was walking through the park, I saw a woman pushing a dog pram. <laughs> dog pram. Dog pram. I'll say, it, I'll say it until it's settled into all of your brains. A dog... When was that greed? A dog pram, a pram made for an animal known for its love of walking. A dog pram. It's a bit like putting armbands on your goldfish, isn't it? I parachute on the budgie. A dog pram. It's bizarre. Sometimes I'm in the streets of the UK on a Friday and Saturday night and I feel like there's a fancy dress party going on that I haven't been invited to. That's how I feel walking. There's a lot of beards these days. Have you noticed that, people? There's a lot of, lot of beards. What happened with the beards? It's almost like the characters from the Joy of Sex book that I used to steal out of my parents' room in the 80s. Those animated beardy-weirdy hippies were so good at copulation. Their, their genuine offspring are now walking proudly, beardless around the streets. It's a cool thing to have a beard now. That's what it is. It's a cool thing. It's a, it's a bizarre thing for me to want to be cool. I'm past that age. But when you say you want to be cool, you go, no, I want to be in a smaller pool of people. That's what I want to be, in a small pool of people, because I'm cool. I'm cool. I've got to be in a smaller pool of pool. That's what I've got to be, a smaller, cooler pool. And then you get there and you go, this is too big a pool of cool. I'm too unique for this. I need to be in a smaller pool of cool. That's what I've got to be. And then you get there and you go, no, I'm cooler than this. I am more unique than this. Until eventually you just end up with one bloke in a loft apartment somewhere in the east end of London wearing a trilby and espadrilles and a pair of original 1950 Danish, Danish vintage tennis shorts just stroking a pigeon like that. I'm so cool. Yet I'm so alone. Vintage. Everything's vintage, isn't it now? Vintage. Yeah, I've got a cardigan at home. I like to call it vintage because it just sounds so much better than my nana died in this. You get trapped in a little bubble as well when you're up here in Edinburgh. You know, the world carries on outside. We've had various things happening this month. We had, we had the, the misogyny uh, trolls on Twitter earlier this month. Were you reading about those? Somebody sent a bomb threat to Mary Beard, the historian, on Twitter. Now, there are times when I suffer from low self-esteem, but I'll be honest with you, I've never been so bored at home that I thought, what can I do with five minutes of my existence? Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll send an anonymous bomb threat to that historian who did a nice program about the Romans. I mean, how pointless do you have to be as an individual? I mean, we laugh about it. I, I had a Twitter troll for a while. It's not nice. It's anonymous, and that's what's not nice about it. You know, it's cowardice. The horrible things they say, you know, you're not funny, Zoe Lyons. Call yourself a comedian. Of all of my children, you're the least favourite. And you just think... <laughs> you think, come out from the shadows. Show yourself, you know. Sport's been in the news again, not for the right reasons. I'm, of course, talking about Russia and its anti-gay propaganda laws that have been coming out. Have you been reading about this? Oh, Russian pole vaulter yesterday, Yelena Isenbaeva, came out to say that Russia only has normal people in it. Not gay people in it, normal people. Now, as a gay woman, I just find that slightly offensive being told I'm not normal by a woman who's made a career out of running out a crash mat with a fucking toothpick. <laughs> I mean, what is normal, Elena? Please explain it to me. Putin, is he normal? I don't think so. He likes to ride around bare-chested in the woods with his friends and a gun slung across his shoulder while horseflies nibble at his nipples. I don't know if that is normal. Tchaikovsky, would he be deemed normal, Elena? I don't know. He was a genius, wasn't he? Yes, a massive Russian gay genius. That's what he was. I've been going out with my girlfriend for 14 years. Do we have a normal relationship? Absolutely. 
Absolutely not. Why not? Because it doesn't exist. Last month, she had to cut me out of my own anorak. Not normal. <laughs> we are not normal. Nobody is. My girlfriend's Dutch, and I, she, she, she's lovely. She speaks lovely English, except for when she gets it wrong, which they occasionally do. It was, we were at home not so long ago on a Wednesday evening watching a program about people in persistent vegetative comas. And um, like I say, not normal. Not normal. There was nothing else on. Don't judge. And they were talking about sending to people to Switzerland on the old one-way ticket, don't bother packing, you're not coming back sort of scenario. And uh, my girlfriend suddenly got upset, and I, I said to her, are you okay? And she said, no, I just find this very upsetting. I said, oh, don't cry. And she went, no, I just need you to promise me something. I said, what? You please promise me that you will switch me off if I ever become a vegetarian. <laughs> I made that promise, ladies and gentlemen. I made that promise. Thank you very much for listening. I'm on every day at 5 o'clock in the assembly rooms. Come and say hello. Take care. Good night. Thank you. Cheers. Zoe Lyons, ladies and gentlemen. Hooray! And we please welcome my second guest. I'm so excited to have him on. I'm a massive fan of this guy as well. This is a great show today, isn't it? Not like all the other rubbish ones we've had. We please welcome, he is probably best known as, uh, from his role in Robbie the Reindeer, Close Encounters of the Herd Kind. I'm hoping to meet all of the cast of that. That's, he's, the third, he's the third person I've introduced from that, from that. And another of my guests was in it before I started introducing people from that. Will you please, well, I think he might even be Robbie the Reindeer. Will you please welcome Ardlo Hanlon, ladies and gentlemen. He's best known. Hooray. Hello. Hello, love to see you. How you doing? Hi. Hello. Oh. Well, i just do it all like this. <laughs> you can, is that a bit awkward? That is a little <laughs> awkward. You can take it out or, you know, and... Uh, oh, yeah. Or, or just move it. Just I wonder what we're talking about at home. Hey, <coughs> listeners. Uh, yes, you mentioned Robbie the Reindeer, Robbie the reindeer. there. I've, got, I've, I've had like three or four of the cast of Robbie the Reindeer on my Leicester Square Theatre podcast. You're the oh, first wow. one, the Edinburgh one. So I'm, I'm doing a sort of Justin Lee Collins get yeah. the cast. <laughs> no, no, the good, the good. No, what? We're all, we're, uh, yes, we're going to reform. Can you just write down about your year. sexual partners in this band? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I'm doing a Justin Lee Collins uh, trying to get you together. You've also, like you're it. also doing uh, uh, an impression of Justin yeah, Lee am, Collins yeah. there as well, I it am, looks I'm like, little, with, the, like with the locks. I've got the, I've got the hair, I can do the accent, you know, yeah. if, if, he, if for any reason he ever doesn't get, can't work anymore, <laughs> I, can, I, can always, I can always step in there, that's yeah. what I'm like. Good times. It's, it, it's quite interesting. Most of the uh, parts I've been asked to play in recent years <laughs> have been animals. That's, that's a mm. fact. I played a bull recently in an animation, and uh, recently I was asked to play um, uh, provide one of the voices for one of the trains in Thomas the Tank Engine. I know a train's not an animal, but it's. Uh, <laughs> I just remember that. Um, but uh, uh, it wasn't a train, though. It was a cement mixer, which okay. was very upsetting. Um, Patrick the cement mixer, to be precise. <laughs> No hint of racial stereotyping there. <laughs> Patrick, the lazy and inefficient <laughs> cement mix. More or less. <laughs> <laughs> so I declined being Did a you? man okay. of dignity. So and, we'll uh, see who ends up playing that part. Yeah. And then we can judge them <laughs> for, for doing it. Yes. Um, yeah, so do you, do you remember much about Robbie the Reindeer? You've done like three or four of them. You've done quite a few. Um, you are Robbie the Reindeer. I, re- I, I remember being, being a reindeer. But of course, you never meet any of the other characters. Russell Brand. Did you meet Russell Brand? No, I met him in something else in a, in, a, in, a, in a TV show. Yeah. We had a scene together in something. Um, 
But it wasn't. In the, no, you don't don't mean anyone. Steve Coogan was in it. Stephen Fry, I think. Yeah, Stephen Fry. Even it. if he wasn't in it, he should. He probably was, <laughs> or he, he should have been. Uh, gentlemen, guys, I think. Yeah, loads of people, brilliant people were in it, but um, you don't meet them. You just go in and you're, yourself, and you just do uh, do the thing. Yeah, and it's very disappointing. And to what? Uh, do you just read your own lines? And does, yeah. Does someone else read out the other lines? There's no one else read? there. <laughs> <laughs> you just. You're just on your own, you and have to uh, be, imagine being a sort of jolly reindeer. Yeah, but you're just sort yeah, of alone. A boyish, enthusiastic <laughs> reindeer, but uh, <laughs> on your mm. own. Um, <laughs> and so, how but you e- s- sorry, even stranger. And uh, yeah. uh, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but uh, I also played Hammy the Hamster in a, a remake of Tales of the Riverbank. Oh yes, yeah. yeah, which is quite good, and it's got all the same people in it: Peter Sarvinovitz, uh, Miranda Hart's in it, Steve right. Coogan, Stephen Fry, all, all the usual people you'd expect. And I play Hammy, and the we, we went in and we did what was called a guide track one day. So everyone went in at different times during that day and did the guide track for this animation that was going to be made a year later. Right. And it all, all that does is help the animators to um, create the, the characters. And then we were told... We, so we didn't get paid for this. And then we were told that all the money had fallen through. Right. And the producer was in prison. And this is, <laughs> this is a fact. But then about, about two years later, the film comes out. Right. And we never actually did the stuff. They used the guide track, wow. which is just a kind of a made-up track. Yeah. To, that's pretty impressive. Which is what's so we there. Can, if you ever see that, you'll know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why people are going, is this all right? Yeah, okay, I'll Very just read strange. it. I'm a mm. fucking hamster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why am I always cement mixers and animals? Yeah. Why does that always happen to me? And you also played Coconut Tam, though. He must have been a man in Greyfires for the adventures of Greyfires Bobby. <laughs> I did I thought, indeed, yeah. He's a big f- local... F- I thought everyone would cheer Greyfires Bobby. As a local. Yeah. He's a little, he's a little man, and he? sat on the grave of his dog. And there we go. Yeah. Little Scottish yeah. man. <laughs> He's so devoted to his dog. He, they put a little bit. He looks quite dog-like himself. They've got a little statue yeah. to him. They say dogs start to look like their owners. That's what happened with Grey Price. Yeah. You were Coconut Tam. I don't remember Coconut Tam Coconut in the Tam, uh, original no, story. No, he wasn't really. I, I, yeah, Coconut Tam was... Um, he, I, uh, yeah, what a career. Uh, <laughs> This film is all about a dog, as you know, yeah. and there's a few children well, who just wanted play not to be playing the dog. Uh, no, yeah, <laughs> uh, I auditioned for that. But, um, uh, so I got the job of Coconut Tam, who's a tramp, a street tramp, yeah. uh, and I couldn't even do a Scottish accent properly. <laughs> I, was, I remember I went in on the first day doing my Coconut Tam accent, and I was just told, could you just stop that, please? <laughs> <laughs> just do an Irish accent. The only people who would be watching this are idiots in America, and uh, they won't know the difference between an Irish accent and a Scottish accent, so that's not a problem. But... Uh, this guy was just a, ra- a villager, really. Kind of cheek, like king of the villagers. Or, well, right. or, you know, who, who sort of uh, would, would uh, be cheering on uh, the dog. Yeah. What was his name again? Bobby from time to time. <laughs> go on, Bobby, go on! Why were you called and, Coconut Tam? Um, I think he was uh, he based on a legendary street trader in Edinburgh who, who had sold coconuts, maybe? Really? Or right. threw coconuts at people, <laughs> I don't know. It's all made up, the Grey Friars Bobby story. Yeah. Sorry, to, sorry to break it to you, Edinburgh. Was made up for it as a tourist attraction. Bad luck. Mm. You're the mo- your most famous thing isn't even real. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I'll ask you an emergency question. Uh, have you ever had a near death experience? Have you nearly? Have you, what's the closest you've come to? Actually, my show's about death this year. Have you oh ever come wow! Close to actually dying. Um, it's quite. That's a bit more serious. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be serious. Y- yeah. yeah. No. I mean, survived. no. But it's a very interesting topic yeah, of discussion. Uh, um, but 
I can't help you there. <laughs> <laughs> Never come close to that. Uh, uh, Jesus, I mean... If you had a serious illness... I must have had... Uh, I, my appendix burst. Does that wow, count? That's pretty, that's pretty yeah. serious. And I hurt you. my ankle once. No, uh, <laughs> and I fell off a cliff. Uh, <laughs> no. no. Um, Paul Foote did fall fell, fell off a cliff. Did he? And 18 years of his life flashed before his eyes. Wow. Then he, then he hit... He was only five foot before <laughs> the cliff. So he survived. Then he nearly yeah, fell Did you have a near-death experience? Um, I had whooping cough when I was uh, like six weeks mm-hmm. old. which was quite close. I think that's probably the nearest I've come to, to dying. I, I had someone threw a bottle off one of the bridges in Edinburgh. That's yeah. what... And it landed quite a long way away from me. But I was thinking, you know, if I'd been over there, that probably would have killed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, at least it wasn't. I don't think it was being thrown at me, but that's what prompted uh, that question. Uh, so we will talk about, um, uh, we, I, I guess, the second to Robbie the Reindeer is probably Father Ted. Yes. Which, you, uh, which is, well, it's, it's interesting because we had Ian Lavender on the other day, as I was saying. And he, he wasn't was, in it. He was, no, is he not? Uh, in no. Everything. He was in Goodnight Sweetheart. Uh, no. But it's a similar thing, I think, in that he's created, he's created a enduring character that I think yeah. I think uh, Father Dougal will be remembered he in falls into that 40 kind of years time people will category, still be yeah. and, and very very fondly loved it's a similar mm. sort of area but you, had, you do seem to have managed to diversify and do lots of other things so you haven't become I'm not saying Ian Lavender hasn't uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you know so I think that's it, it must be difficult so early in your career to play such an iconic character in a way yeah yeah Good. Yeah. That's, that's what uh, <laughs> nice to have it confirmed. That's why. That's what I thought. No. It. Yeah. It, it was. A, it was so such a ball from the blue. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I. 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 like came over to London in 1994 to to work as a stand-up comedian, and yeah. I. And I absolutely loved it. I thrived on it. I. I hit the ground running. I. I, I you know. You. You know what it was like in the 90s. You know, clubs were sprouting up everywhere, and yeah. I was doing three or four gigs a night, and this was the most exciting time of my life. And then. Like, but fairly shortly after I arrived, I, I, I get asked to go in for this audition by one of the writers who I knew. Yeah. But I didn't, like, I didn't rate them as writers or anything. I, <laughs> like, they, they used to talk about, oh, we're writing sketches for Smith & Jones and for Alexi Sale and stuff like that. And I was going, oh, yeah, big deal, you know. And, <laughs> and then they were saying that, oh, they had this sitcom in development. And um, they were just, uh, one of the writers was, was, was a friend of mine, Arthur, and he said... Um, you know, would you be interested in auditioning for one of the parts? And, and I, like, I was going, well, yeah, but I didn't really know about acting or TV or... Yeah. And, and um, I forgot to go to the audition and Arthur rang me. <laughs> said, you've got the parts. He rang, so no, exactly. no he, he rang me at five o'clock in the day and he said, um, you haven't come in. And I went, well, no one told me. And, and he said, well, well, can you come in now? So I hopped on the tube and I went in and uh, I, I remember he just gave me... The first time I ever saw anything, he just gave me a page with a, a scene on it and... Um, I think he read the, the Father Ted part and I read in and uh, he was the only one laughing. I mean, the others, <laughs> like the head of Channel 4 was there and Hattrick, the production company, and they were all there and the director and they were all just looking at me stony-faced. Yeah. Now, and, but I didn't mind that much because, you know, th- like I was thinking I've got to get the South End tonight or something. You know, that's, you know, what time is my train? And, and so uh, I left there like thinking, okay, well, that's that then, you know, it was worth a try. And um, about two weeks later, I get another call. I'm in Edinburgh at this time at the festival. Yeah. This was in 1994, uh, doing a show. And I get a call to fly back to Dublin to, because by this stage they'd found Dermot Morgan, who mm. played Father Ted. And um, they said, will you come back to Dublin and, and read from? So I had to get in the plane really early in the morning, go back to Dublin, go to a, a house and just sit around a table with Dermot and read some more scenes. And again, you know, not expecting anything. I just came back and did my show that night. And then yeah. about a week later, someone... It's a very long-winded story, it's good, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, they look... They're, 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 yeah. they're wrapped. They're gripped. They, they look like Richard Herring at a Terry Alderson gig. That's what they... That's what they... That's what they, that's what they 
<laughs> it's very mm. interesting. Please carry on uh, with the interesting story. Well, no, and then and then uh, and then and then I had a near death experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they felt sorry for me and they gave me the part. So, do you find that people? I mean, there isn't really a... Is there a catchphrase associated with the cow thing? Is that what they shout? Um, it's not like... I mean, I feel sorry for Ian Lavender. He's got two catchphrases <laughs> that are shouted at him for 40 years, and he didn't even say either of yeah. them. But do, do people shout anything at you? Yeah, well, the, 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 the people, like, really... The, they, they know the show very well, a lot yeah. of people. So, they, you know, uh, the other day someone shouted at me something like, oh, I believe the Ice Age has ended. <laughs> it took me a very long time to know what they were talking about. <laughs> I think it was about a week later I went, oh, that's what he meant. You know, it's a line from the show. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty, sh- so I'm that, pretty sure it has ended. That, yeah, I think that, it has. That, that happens a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was tough. Like, what I found quite hard, you know, getting back to stand-up then after that, when people had such a notion yeah, about yeah. you, you know, and they really think, well, this is, this, is, this is him, and they come along to see you kind of based on their love of that show. and. Yeah. It's it's it was quite tricky at first, and I, 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 I like I I did give up stand up on a few occasions, thinking I can't do this, like I can't meet these expectations. You know, I just I, I was getting on fine as a stand up at that time, and and, uh, and and I had to adjust for the audience I was getting, and and to this day I still don't think I've ever truly found my audience, or they've ever truly found me. I mean, it's brilliant that they come and they love Father Ted, and you know there are still echoes of the character in what I do. I mean, you know, there's still a. I mean, I genuinely am naive about a lot of stuff, <laughs> and uh, you know, so it's it's, but it's a, it's always a challenge. Every year, yeah. like doing stand up is a challenge. You know, where it's a, I think it's such an interesting, especially when early on you have a massive success because mm. it's so it's you know you can cope with it in different ways, and uh, some people don't mind kind of you know having other roles that aren't as successful. But then, if you're yeah. always looking back to the first thing. I think it can sometimes lead to, you know, people... Despair. Despair. <laughs> yeah, that's the word. Uh, know, and then it, but then you're in other sitcoms and they're not... Even if they're as good, they're unlikely to be remembered as fond yeah. of the passage of time. Yeah. And some of them haven't been as good. No. Uh, so... <laughs> you noticed. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was I, I was going to have a quote about... Um, uh, Jonathan, is, uh, well, this is a citation needed from Wikipedia because I like to help out Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. Did uh, at uh, the uh, the British Comedy Awards in two thousand and five? Uh, did uh, Jonathan Ross uh, slate blessed the Ben Elton sitcom you did, oh, did uh, albeit in jest? That is what it says on Wikipedia. Oh, Remember that nice. happening? No, no. Nope, all right, that's not that. Uh, <laughs> the citation has not been given. Remove that from Wikipedia. No, but I, I think, I, well, I, don't, I just don't know if it happened. I mean, the, the, the reality is, like, when you're part of these shows, like, you're delighted to be doing them, and yeah. um, you, you, you know, you're, you you work very, very hard while they're you know ongoing. And the really good ones and the really bad ones, you like, you kind of enjoy the process exactly the same because you're working with a great bunch of people. Sure. You know, everyone's trying very hard to make it work, and you know, some scripts are better than others. And there's, you know, you, but you're still doing the best you can, and you're having a great time while you're doing it. Yeah. So you just have to, like, for your own sanity, you just have to ignore the fallout. Then, yeah. you know, or the, the outcome. Like I, I remember I did this sitcom blessed that, that you mentioned. You <laughs> ki- so kindly brought up. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, at least it wasn't and the, I remember, the right way, though. Eh? That's at least and at least have some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Ben Elton, like, uh, who who wrote and directed it, like he he. Um, I was on tour at the time, like when it came out, and, and like totally oblivious to the reaction and everything. Genuinely, like I just I never watched it or anything like that. And Ben used to ring me on a whatever night it went out, and he'd say, "Oh, you know, good news this week. You know, we got like three million people or whatever." And next week, uh, not so good this week. We just one point four million. And by the end of it all, he was saying, "I'm sorry, I've destroyed your career." <laughs> 
But um, <laughs> anyway. But it don't, I think people people don't. I mean, you just forget it, don't you? Do you remember Blessed? I don't remember it. It'll probably it's worth remembering if it ever comes up on Pointless. Uh, Ardlow Hanlon's Hanlon sitcoms. Yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> look, out, look out for that. It was very, very good. comes out on Hanlon parts. That could be. Yeah. That'd be good. That'd be a good one. It's very good on paper. I love. I love. Uh, I love Pointless. Yeah. Uh, and you've written. You've written a novel called Talk of the Town. Yeah. But in America, the novel Talk of the Town was called Nick Nat Paddywhack. Yeah. <laughs> that seems quite a big change of title. Yeah. For and the I, Americans. I had nothing to do with that. Honestly. Uh, Nick Nat Paddywhack. Yeah. It's what 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 happens is I mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the Booker Prize winner that year was Roddy Doyle's Paddy Clark ha 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 uh, right. and I think they were trying to <laughs> get something with a kind of you know with yeah. a, uh, it's just called a potato, but it's a, no, potato. Um, yeah <laughs> Paddy Potato yeah Paddy Potato but people get very annoyed because people think it was the second novel and they, <laughs> they, buy, the they buy it twice and then they fucking they get so they get so upset but um <laughs> <laughs> but I, I genuinely had nothing to do with that title and I was really I was really annoyed about it but, but yeah. basically what happens is you know the American publisher buys the rights of the British publisher yeah. and it has got nothing to do with you after that they own that book then in America and I mean like no one bought it anyway so uh, <laughs> oh, oh, over there but um, yeah so no yeah. It, when that's the story of a is it, is it autobiographical or is no it not at all it's a novel it's a coming of age novel right. about a, a did you man. never come of age no <laughs> <laughs> I still do stand up um <laughs> Good point. <laughs> if you had to choose between being a badger and a cow, uh, which would you be? Oh, um, yeah. yeah, that's very interesting. Um, uh, well, the cow, I think. Um, yeah. the, the four stomachs, I think, would, um, yeah, would, would swing it for me. Uh, <laughs> I've, only, I've only got two stomachs at yeah. the moment. Uh, <laughs> good, that's a very good answer. Yeah. What would it take for you to fillet the actor Keith Allen? What would, you, what, would you, what would you need? What would you require in return for that? Um, uh, a scone. <laughs> a scone. <laughs> uh, that is the chi- that's the easiest one yet for Keith. Yeah. <laughs> if, I don't know if Keith Allen sits at home <laughs> noting down what you each want. So if I ever, if I ever see Arlo Hanlon, just a scone. A scone I'm just quite it. hungry at the moment. But I mean, I don't... <laughs> And you've been. Oh, this is really interesting. I mean, this is kind of a bit more serious. But you're. You did. Uh, who do you think you are? Yeah. And you found out that you're. Did you not know this before? Did you know this before that your granddad well, was in Michael Collins' assassination squad? <laughs> <laughs> this is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The, the, the start of Bloody Sunday. Yeah. They they assassinated loads yeah. of British Secret Service people. That's right. Yeah. And he was one of the. He was one of the assassins. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Could I, could I get a taxi now? <laughs> <laughs> half the people in Scotland are going to love you for this. The other half are going to be quite cross. Well, can we just put it in context? <laughs> it, it was 1919. It was, and, uh, yeah. it was the War of Independence. Was, there, was, uh, like, there was context there. there yeah. con- that's fine. Uh, yeah. Anything. you know, That should make you, you popular in Scotland. There's someone killing some British people. Some English people. I mean, yeah. But uh, uh, <laughs> you are British still, right? Just still. Just. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, we I was just thinking last night I, I um I was I, I I dared to enter the Scottish independence debate right. on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I um I was just given the benefit of my experience like we were independent since 1922 yeah. um until 3 years ago uh until the Germans <laughs> took over. But uh <laughs> 
But yeah, don't I just, get angry about it. I know what's in no. your blood. Don't get cross <laughs> about this. No, but I just, I just, I just my, my little note of caution for the Scottish people who are involved in this debate is like, uh, you know, eventually the oil and gas will run out and probably the wind as well. And uh, the English only want so much of your shortbread. I mean, it's... Uh, I think we should all get back together again, all as one big country yeah. uh, run by England. <laughs> oh, come on, come back in Ireland as well. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> was this a was it genuine? Did you know about this family history? I don't want to. I don't want to push it. No, I know. Uh, I it, did. I, we were all dimly TV, aware. Though. You know yeah, no, it TV. has been on TV. Yeah. And to be honest <laughs> with you, every family in Ireland has a very similar family history. Sure, sure. You know, uh, um, uh, like I, yeah, we were told stories about my grandfather growing up, but like people in Ireland are still very reluctant to talk about it. It's yeah. funny because there was a there was a devastating civil war after that war of independence which we kind of won. Um, and uh, there was this civil war then, and so people never really spoke about that period at all. It's only now that, you know, you can actually talk about it, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and, so, and also, my family were, like, just so cautious. My father was in politics a lot as well, so he never really spoke about it. And, you know... Uh, um, you know, but it was brilliant to actually get the evidence and to yeah. see the evidence. He also tunnelled out of a concentration camp with a spoon. I mean, that's a fact. And uh, with, obviously... <laughs> <laughs> One place that's going, oh, yeah, he did, yeah. did, did, did um, kill all those other men, though. Uh, uh, <laughs> they don't need the spoon. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, so, one, one, I'm a big fan of escaping from concentration. Yeah. So, you know, stories. I feel very humble in comparison to... I mean, you know, the, 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 the genes have been... <laughs> Um, what's the word over the years uh, just yeah okay watered down diminished thank you very much indeed yes oh you're the best IRA sleeper agent there's ever uh, been because who <laughs> Father Duke could walk in anywhere with a big thing saying bomb on it and then you walk out oh look at silly old Father Dougal <laughs> I did a I did a thing once um, I don't I don't <laughs> I did. We did want no, to trust. No, no, no. I, I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you remember this, but there was. Uh, I think I don't even know if you you might have been part of this. There was a benefit, like you know the way you get to do benefits all the time. This is this is one of the things as a stand up comedian, you end up doing a lot of benefits for various causes. And there was a guy who's in jail for the Hyde Park bombing, right. uh, which in, in which a lot of horses were killed. And um, Eddie Izzard and Jeremy Hardy, two fantastic comedians, were responsible for putting the show together because the man was innocent. And that was, you know, the IRA said he was innocent. Everyone said he was innocent. I checked it out with politicians in Britain and Ireland to make sure that there was absolutely no, you know, there was absolutely no chance that he was in any way associated with this yeah. uh, before I lent my name to it as well. So I joined along with about 20 comedians in London at the time to do this benefit. And the next day uh, in the News of the World, there was a big headline with a picture of me as Father Dougal, a big stupid grin, a picture of dead horses beside me, <laughs> saying Father Dougal supports IRA bomber who did this. Wow. And, like, I was, I, you know, just, it's just devastating. Yeah, and I was yeah. going on tour then, and I was really worried. Like, I didn't want to show me face in public, you know. I thought people would think that I, you know, because people read that and see that. You know, they don't know the context that this was just a regular benefit night for an innocent man sure. in, a, in a London comedy club. Yeah. And suddenly you're out there, you know, accused of being a fellow traveller. You know, it's, it's, it's shocking. <laughs> they'd known about you. They'd done some research and found out about your granddad. Imagine <laughs> that. So, uh, on that bombshell. Oh, no. Uh, so, um, <laughs> uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to have to go and do the competition now. So, uh, Terry can come back if he's around. If you've got, there's, a, there's a mic back there. Uh, Terry, if you want to, are you around? He's gone home. He's talking to himself backstage in different voices. 
Hello, have you found the mic? There's a mic on the stand there. You can join in if you like. You might have to turn it on. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a... Uh, we're going to win some prizes <coughs> here, the people oh. in the room. Uh, we've got the aforementioned <laughs> sweets from the Candy. That's what it's called. the Candy. So it's A-P-O, the candy. So it's like, apothe- like apothecary. Why do people have such terrible names uh, for the <laughs> things? Do, do go and, uh, they look good. They look good sweets. So you're going to win some sweets, some crayons. Uh, you can win a copies of Talking Cock, the book, and the DVD, and uh, 10, my DVD I'm giving away for free. We're all going to die, 8 o'clock at the uh, Pleasance Beyond. Giving away a free DVD at your show, Terry? No, it's no, dying so format. It's not, it's not as good. <laughs> you can, uh, break, yeah, can hand-break it down into your computer and make an MP3 of it. You're welcome to do that. And uh, a book about Iron Brew from I Can't, you know, it's just come, it's just come through the post. A rain poncho. It's all, it's all here. And some ta- fantastic, uh, tangfastic uh, Haribos, whatever else is here. And pictures to Dana Alexandra. Dana Alexandra, get it always, always get it wrong. She's coming on in a couple of days, so I better work out how to say her name. Uh, so uh, we've got to make some statements that are either true or false. You have to decide if they're true or false. If you, th- if you think they're true, you put your hands on your head. If you think they're false, put your hands on your bottom. So you're all going to have to stand up for this. If you get it wrong, you have to sit down or crouch down if you're standing. Uh, it's an honour-based system, but if you see anyone cheating, you can punch them in the face. Uh, so my first statement of truth or false is uh, that uh, Terry Olsen is married to a woman who was once a paid three girl. Is that true or false? Is a footballer married to a woman who was once a paid three girl? True or false? Hands on your head for true, but hands on your bottom for false. Is that true or false, Terry? True. Well done. Uh, good work. Good work, Terry Olsen. Uh, so sit down if you get it wrong. Have you got any statements of truth or falsehood, you guys? I can, I can do more of my own. Got any ideas? Yeah. 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 Uh, is the frog monogamous? Yeah, so, shall we say the frog is monogamous? True. The frog is monogamous. True or false? Is it a particular frog you're talking about? Because if it is, you chose very well with Kermit for your. Uh, we'll find out. Is it true or false? It's true. It's true. The fr- uh, the frog is uh, whatever the person says on stage is right. By the way, they often make loads of mistakes in these. Have you got one? <laughs> I bet someone will come in, I've found a frog fucking around behind its wife's back. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is, I want my, I want my tickets. To, sorry, I want my Haribos. Go on, watch. Okay, is the general average height of a double-decker bus 14 foot 6 tall? True or false? The average height of a... It's 14, whatever that was. True or false? Average size of an average height yeah. of a double-decker yeah. bus is 14 is foot 6. True, so or true or false? It's true. It's true. So we lost, lost my favourite lady at the front, but when you sit down, the view's much nicer for me. Watch out. <laughs> Watch out for Terry. He likes that kind of thing. So, uh, another he likes tits. That's what he likes, unlike other, anyone else. <laughs> Sorry. That's why um, I'm on this podcast. Terry Alderton uh, has appeared on, <laughs> a, appeared on the TV show Doctor <laughs> Who. Is that true or false? What is this? Is this what is the hands in the pockets is not an option. You got oh, you're being very casual. One one hand. Is that true or false, Terry? Have you appeared? No, no, you haven't. But uh, Ardell has appeared on Doctor Who, haven't mm, you? I was a cat. You were a cat. <laughs> so sit down. If you said uh, tr- uh, whichever one it was, it was it was false. It was, it was false. false. So no, you were, you got it right. Did you change? Got it right. Don't. You have to sit down if you don't understand what <laughs> is, whether you. Is that you're still in? You're still in? Or you yeah? Anyone else still in? No. So three guys, because we've got to wrap it up. I've got a Nike fuel band. It's great. It helps you exercise. Uh, you can go up to sort of... No, that's not it. <laughs> Maybe not. It's there, look. 
Uh, it's uh, what number do you think I'm up to so far today? It kind of runs up to I, on the best day I've ever done it's six thousand. Remember, we're only uh, uh, two thirds into the day. What number do you think I'm up to at the moment? And the closest one will win. What number do you think, sir? You can start. Two and a half thousand, sir. Are you still in? You. Fifty-seven. Good. Uh, and what do you? What is be the closest? What do you think? Fifteen hundred. About to find out. 1,498! Wow. <laughs> well I'm going to have to give you £20 as well. We're getting so close. If, if you get bang on, you get £100. But you get £20 for uh, being so close. I didn't promise it today, but I'm going to do it. So uh, come and get your stuff afterwards. And uh, I don't know why I just don't take that out of there. That will make it much more comfortable. Uh, so will you please... <laughs> Give a mass round of applause to my guests. They've been fantastic. Terry Alderson, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Ardlo Hanlon. Zoe Lyons. We're back tomorrow with Colt Cabana and Fred McCauley. That is a very unusual lineup. Uh, so do come again. Thank you for coming. Listen at home. Goodbye.